0: Hi there, and welcome back to the podcast. It's Matt here, of course. And no podcast series on dreaming could go unfinished without discussion of lucid dreaming, which is going to be the topic of the final two episodes in this series on dreaming. Technically, we define lucid dreaming as the moment when an individual becomes aware that she or he is dreaming. However, most people think of lucid dreaming as much more than this, and specifically as gaining full volitional control over your dreams. In other words, you get to decide what it is that you do during your dreams. Now, historically, the concept of lucid dreaming was once considered a scientific sham. Scientists debated its very existence I mean, come on, you can kind of understand their original skepticism. First, to claim that people can all of a sudden consciously gain control over a normally non-consciously controllable process injects a heavy dose of ludicrous into the already preposterous experience that we call dreaming. Second how can any scientist objectively prove a subjective claim that an individual can lucid dream, especially when the individual in question is fast asleep during the time when they claim to be doing the thing that we're trying to prove? It seems scientifically unprovable. And so this is part of the reason why there was this original skepticism. And so you can kind of understand it. However. Several years ago, an ingenious experiment removed all such doubt. What the scientists did was place lucid dreamers inside an MRI scanner. Now, the first part of the experiment was conducted while they were awake, and the scientists instructed the participants to first clench their left hand and then clench their right hand, and to do that over and over again. Left hand, right hand, left hand, right hand. And the researchers were taking snapshots of brain activity as they were doing this. And it allowed them to define the precise brain areas controlling the left hand and the right hand of each one of those individuals. Then came the second part of the experiment. The participants did another MRI scanning session. But now, instead of being awake, they were allowed to enter REM sleep where they could dream. Now, as you'll remember from the first episode in this series, when you enter into REM sleep, all of your voluntary skeletal muscles are paralyzed, and this prevents you from physically acting out your dream. What I didn't tell you, however, is that there is a set of voluntary muscles that are spurred ...from this paralysis and that remain active. And these include what we call the extraocular muscles of the eyes. And it's these muscles that control the movement of your eyeballs... ...up and down and left and right. Now, why have I taken this tangent? Why am I telling you about the fact that the eyeballs can still move around? And of course, that's why we have these things called rapid eye movements during REM sleep... We already knew that those muscles that control the eye movements were spurred from the paralysis many decades ago. Well, I'm telling you this because it's the very freedom of the eye movements themselves that give the lucid dreamers a form of language. And it's their eyes underneath the closed eyelids, of course, when they're asleep and when they're in REM sleep. That essentially become a tool to communicate with scientists, firstly, about when they have become lucid in their dream, and then second, what it is that they're dreaming about. For example, and agreed upon ahead of time, by the way, between the scientists and the lucid dreamers, I can ask a participant in the sleep laboratory to make, let's say, three deliberate leftward eye movements to indicate that they've just gained lucid dream control. And then if they were to do two rightward eye movements, that would signal for example that they are now clenching their right hand in their dream, so on and so forth. A long-term supporter of this podcast is the athletic clothing company called Viori, and it's spelled V u-o-r-i. And if, like me, uh, you exercise a fair amount, then you've probably seen people wearing their clothes. They have a wee little v-badge on them. And I started noticing it around the gym too. But it was actually, I was gifted a pair of their athletic pants a couple of years ago. And I became a big fan for two reasons. The first is that they produce just really good, truly high quality clothing. And once you put it on, it's just immediately apparent. I think we all know what good quality clothing actually feels like. The second is that I try hard to be good to this remarkable place that we live in called Planet Earth. And that's especially having grown up watching Sir David Attenborough on the BBC. Wonderful, I mean, inspiration. And why I also like Viore is that they offset their carbon footprint completely. And I mean 100 percent And that includes using, you know, sustainable materials and avoiding harmful plastics, etc. So that was really my choice. That's just to give you background as to my story. So if you like athletic clothing and you wish to help the planet out, then check them out. Just go over to viori.com forward slash Matt Walker. That's v u o r i dot com forward slash Matt Walker. And using that web link, you will get 20% off your purchase. So that is viori.com forward slash Matt Walker. Today's podcast is supported by the biochemical electrolyte drink company called Element. And it's actually four letters. It's L-M-N-T. So Element. I have shamelessly or (laughs) shamefully mentioned before that I'm a bit of an exercise and health nut. And of course, there's lots of sports electrolyte drinks out there. And I've just not been a fan of any of them. And it was when I was doing my research online, trying to look for something that I did feel as though was healthy, that I stumbled upon Element. And I started using it about two years ago before the podcast for two reasons. The first is that the sugar content of most of these electrolyte drinks that you will be looking at is very high and personally and without any judgment that's just not my thing and it also actually circles back around to the link between high sugar and poor sleep quality that I've mentioned in previous episodes. The second reason was actually because of the founders one of the founders is Rob Wolf and he's a biochemist and they approached creating element from the basis of science rather than the basis of cell and Element has no sugar, it has no coloring, no artificial ingredients, and as you can imagine, me being me, it's in that science that I believe in and that I entrust my health in, including my blood biochemical balance. So, if you want to give it a try, just go over to Drink L M N T, which is D R I K, the word drink, Drink L M. Nt.com forward slash matwalker, and you'll actually get eight free sample packs as you purchase any one of their orders. So again, that's drinklmnt.com forward slash Matt walker So let's come back to that ingenious study then. Having gone through the first round of the experiment where the scientists were able to develop the ground truth of waking brain activity that defined which parts of the brain were controlling the left hand and which parts of the brain were controlling the right hand. Then, as I mentioned, the participants did a second MRI scanning session, and now they were allowed to fall asleep. And first, the participants signaled to the scientists with a specific set of eye movements when they had become lucid, when they were inside of the MRI scanner. And second, at that point, the scientists began taking MRI pictures of brain activity. Third, and finally, soon after the signal of becoming lucid, the participants then gave another series of eye movement signals, to demonstrate that in their dream, they were now clenching their left hand and then switching over, they were clenching their right hand. And each time the lucid dreamers showed with their eye movements that they were switching from their left hand to their right hand, back to their left hand and the right hand, the scientists were able to take down these timestamps of when the lucid dreamers said, in their dream that they were moving their left hand and their right hand. Now, of course, by the way, the participants were not physically moving their hands. They could not because of the REM sleep paralysis. But they were moving their hands in their dream. Or at least that's what they claimed as participants. And amazingly, the results of the MRI scans objectively proved that they were not lying that the same regions of the brain that were active during the real waking physical right-hand movements and left-hand movements similarly lit up when the lucid participants signaled to the scientists that they were now then clenching their left hand and their right hand when they were lucid dreaming themselves. So there could be No question whatsoever. The scientists had gained objective brain proof that lucid dreamers can control when they are dreaming, but also they can control exquisitely what it is that they are dreaming whilst they are dreaming. Absolutely brilliant. Now, I should note, I'm a bit ashamed by saying this, but when this paper was submitted to the journal the editors of the journal wrote to me and asked me if I would review the paper and after i read the paper my first reaction was one of jealousy i read this paper and i just thought that is so brilliant And I am so jealous that I didn't come up with that idea. Now, very quickly, that jealousy, because I'm unfortunately British, don't have too much ego, that jealousy quickly dissolved away. And I reviewed the paper and I wrote to the editors and I said, this is just a brilliant piece of science. It should absolutely be published. Here are the few things that I would suggest. But anyway, just as an aside, that's how brilliant I thought the paper was. And that's why I wanted to cover it. Now, in the next episode, we're going to continue to speak about lucid dreaming. I will describe a few more of these remarkable experiments. And then we will actually face the question of, should you be lucid dreaming? Is it even a wise thing to be doing? And if you lucid dream, is it good for your sleep or does it harm your sleep? That's what we'll be discussing in the next episode. But for now, I will simply say take care, thank you again for listening, and I will see you in the next episode.